these young girls are welcoming you to Limo, a small fishing village in southern Papua New Guinea. A crowd has gathered around, waiting for us to introduce ourselves. Good morning. My name is Kate. I am a graduate student in linguistics at Stanford University. We'll be working with Watama and the language committee to work on Ende language. We'll be creating a dictionary and collecting notes for the first Ende grammar. I really want to thank Watama and Wagiba for inviting us here and sharing their home. It's beautiful. Thank you. Papua New Guinea is a developing country located just north of Australia. In the south of Papua New Guinea is Western Province. It's the most resource poor and isolated province in the country. You won't find any infrastructure. There are no cities, no paved roads, no markets, no money, no hospitals, no water or plumbing systems, and no electricity. It's practically the last touched place in the world. And right in the center of Western Province is Limo. Limo Village is one of two villages that speak the Ende language. 300 people live here. I'm the first visitor in 20 years and the first white person that most villagers have seen. I came by invitation from Warama Krupa, one of the leaders in the village. He asked for a linguist to come help write down stories and to start the first Ende dictionary. Part of my job as a linguist is to collect words for the dictionary. For example, if we want to get the words for beak, feather, tail, all the body parts of a bird, all we have to do is look at a bird and start naming things. So this are the tail feathers here, yes. and this is the undertail right here. And but this type of translation gets much harder when you're talking about a word that you can't point to. One word that I had a hard time translating was the word love. The word love. Mokwang is giving somebody a sweet potato or a bucket of water. Mokwang is when you help other people survive. The word love means to love my family members in such a way that when they're in need, I give them food, yam or cassava or anything, sago meat like that. That's what love means, to share with people. Love means to share a yam. Because if you give me a yam or a sweet potato, that means I will survive another day. Love can't be about things, can it? Since I was little, my mom always told us kids, it's just stuff. When a car broke down or something special got lost or ruined, my mom always said, it's just stuff. Things don't matter. What's important is that we love each other and that we're all together. Before I left for Limo, an anthropologist told me that it was too bad that I was a woman. He said that it would be more difficult for me to find out what the men in Papua New Guinea thought and did, as if the men there were the only ones thinking or doing things. In fact, 
The women of Limol were the perfect people to help me figure out what love, what mokwang, means in Ende. And it's not because love is some girly, feminine, or emotional thing. Mokwang means survival. And the village survives on the backs of the women. Women spend most of their days, most of their lives, gathering food for their children. Grandmother Pingham's mother was an especially impressive provider. My mother was very hardworking lady. My mother goes hunting, she kills cassowary. She kills pig, deer, and she brings them to the house. She mow them and she feed me with the meat and she grew me up. I, mean, I look exactly like my mother, how she talks and do everything. It's, it's exactly like me. Next, you'll hear from Jenny. One day, she had taken all of her family's clothing down to the river to wash. She didn't own a laundry dish, so she had left them to soak in a shallow area. She came back an hour later and found that the river had swept all of her clothes away. My clothes, the water took them. Clothes are very hard to come by in Limol. One day, though, her father-in-law came back from a long voyage to the city, and he brought with him a laundry dish. So when this old man bought me this laundry dish, I was very happy. So when I cook food, I always put this plate to When I find something good, I give him a share, and I love him. Loni tells us about her mother and how she would babysit for her while she went fishing. While going fishing, I used to tell mother, oh, you help me to look after the baby. I'll fish. And she used to follow me. She used to look after that small boy at the canoe place. I used to go and fish, throw fishing line, get fish, come back. I used to share with her, give some fish to her and ours too. For Robai, loving her children isn't an emotion. It's a promise to help them survive and be successful. When I think of the word love, I love my children and anybody that comes my way. But this love doesn't really work out because in some ways I don't support my children. I feed my children with food, with fish, with anything. But to support them in school and in their clothing, I can't manage that. Because how can I, where can I get money to support my children? After their children, the women talked a lot about their husbands. None of the women talked about love as a feeling that grew after years of knowing one another. Instead, it was always a sudden decision about banding together for survival. What, what did you talk about when you first met? 
Yeah, he told me I'll, yeah, I'll get married to you. That's the first thing he said? Yes. <laughs> uh, when we first met, I told him, I love you. I want you to be my husband because you are a very hardworking and good hunter, good uh, killer. And you are a strong man. My life will match with you and I will live with you. And he also expressed me the same words. <laughs> the first time I saw him, I told him that I love you. And himself too, he said, I love you. So that's how we got married. We loved each other. And how do you show each other that you love each other? We loved each other in many ways. The way I look after him, he takes care of me. And him, me too, I take care of him. So that's how we love each other. What I want... The, what I want, if I want something else from him, if I want him to bring something for me, and I ask him, he also he brings it for me. So that's how he loves me. And me too, if he tells me bring this for me or cook for me, I could do that, do those work for him, and that shows that I love him. In fact, it's practically a law in Limo that you must love everyone, even strangers. When we are coming back from the camping place, the first person we meet on the road, we must not hide anything from them. We share what, what we have had in our bags, like if we kill the cassowary or pig meat or deer in our camp and we are coming back home. If we meet anybody on the road, the first person we meet, we must stop and then share what little we have in the bag. Typically, American conversations about love center on romance and desire. We talk about love as an emotional, transcendent experience. I had always considered materialism and gifts to be symbolic of a rather shallow kind of love. But my experience in Limao showed me that Mokwong is not shallow. It's actually a very deep and profound expression. When I think about the most profound expression of love, I think about running into a burning building, donating a kidney, protesting for human rights. In Limo, though, the dangers are different. Love is a bucket of water for someone too weak to fetch it. Love is a basket of yams for someone who feeds her seven children before she feeds herself. Love is a laundry basket for someone who's lost all of her clothes. Some of us are lucky enough to be able to express this kind of sacrificial love once in a lifetime. The end day women get to love like this every single day.